just before we split for our break, the Baltimore Orioles traded Jorge Lopez and Minnesota Twins. Twins getting some bullpen help for four minor league pitchers. I guess one of them we could call a prospect. <clears throat> but uh, who the hell knows? Four minor league pitchers. What? I mean, really, like I said, I, I, I remember when you had to be a prospect to be a prospect. You know, you were 25 years old, right? That's well said. Yeah, I, I like, seriously, About man. About time somebody you're said that. 26 years old at AA, you weren't it. a prospect. <clears throat> I'm just no saying that. No question. You know. Oh, man. Not everybody's a prospect. Somebody, some of them, are just minor leaguers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Can't believe you said that out loud. That's true. Nobody wants to hear that, Jeff. Does anybody want to hear what the New York Yankees are going to do today? I sure do. That's why we've got Sweeney Murdy joining us from WAF. They're going to do more. They're going to do more, of course. Sweeney, thank you for joining us. Uh, So, look, I'll I'll get to what the Yankees did, but... Wait, wait, can I ask you a question what you were just talking about first? Yes. Mm -hmm. The the number of minor leaguers, like someone is just... I was thinking about this math. Tell me if you think this makes sense. Like, Like, how many really legit like multiple year major league players are there in the big leagues right like we know obviously everybody in the big leagues is a big leader but guys who are going to stick for say you know three four five years mm. like does, does every roster have like 10 of those guys you think on average oh yeah out of okay so you figure what like three that's 300 players right, right. they draft every year now they draft uh what everybody drafts what 20 you got 600 players coming to a draft every right. year um, so you're not getting, it, it, to your point, everybody's not a big leaguer. And even if they are big leaguers, they're not, you know, like long time big leaguers. Like all these guys are just trying. So the actual number you're, you're going to deal mostly players who will, many of them will play in the big leagues and that makes them big leaguers. But to think that you're giving away, you know, multiple years of control with every player you trade, yeah. that's, that's what teams are kind of struggling with. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I look, I'm sure there's 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 a there's an algorithm. I mean, there, there are ways of figuring out player value in the minor leagues. We know all that. I mean, some that you can have yeah. fun with them, even with the baseball trade evaluator, you know, which people use, and hopefully yeah. it works. But um, anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? What I was what I was saying is, you're absolutely right. It's it's it, trust me. Not everybody who's traded today is going to be in the All Star game. in the next four years they're just not uh having said that and i again i do want to talk about what the yankees did but i'm intrigued with joey gallo because joey gallo was linked to the rays among other teams i I don't know if jose siri necessarily takes him out of the picture there but what what do you think the yankees could get for joey gallo um, I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a wide ranging answer based on like how much money gets kicked in or what kind of prospect you're willing to attach to it. Um, you know, cause if they just wanted to get rid of Joey Gallo and, you know, pay, you know, they could easily do it. They could just release him. They could say, say, okay, we'll pay the money. Like that, that could have been done. That could have been done weeks ago. Um, so I'm intrigued, you know, there's, there's always some weird way that Brian Cashman operates and, you know, not every deal is telegraphed weeks in advance, like, uh, uh, like we've seen in, in, in certain circumstances, um, you know, the, 
after after Luciano Luis Castillo, Frankie Montas was among one of these guys that you, it was it was kind of easy to see the Yankees kind of zoning in on, and, and then it got finalized. So not every deal gets telegraphed like that with with Brian Cash from the Yankees. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah I'm kind of curious to see how this goes to six o'clock. It's kind of sad for Joey Gallo. I don't know if you guys have been reading like any of the interviews he's been giving. I have been yeah, been being scared, not scared, but not being comfortable going out in the street walking. I uh, yeah I. And and just and just understanding that like he he knows that he thinks here and it bothers yeah. him, but he you know he I don't think he's asking people to feel sorry for him, but just the idea that he you know he hears everything it makes him uncomfortable. He's you know he's not really you know he's not having any fun for the first time ever. Like he was always a pretty good baseball player. He made it to the big leagues. So he's stuck in the big leagues. Now all of a sudden. He just can't get out of his own way, mm-hmm. and it's you know it, it, it's kind of. I'm hoping at some point he finds another hot streak somewhere that reminds him. Okay, he was. There is a certain skill set he's good at. It's just not you know overall. It's hard to envision that when you see all of his numbers and things like that. How do you think they use Frankie Montas down the stretch with the shoulder stuff and you know the the scare? I guess of he's their number two going into the playoffs. You got to be careful with yeah. that. How do you think they use him? Well, I mean, I, I I don't think Kevin that they would have traded for him if they didn't feel comfortable sure. rolling him out there. You know, he made every start a year ago, uh, so you know there's some durability there with the guy who's pitched 200 innings. And I think you know, I think they have to be pretty comfortable with with where he is now to to roll him out there because they need that that certainty right now. Luis Severino, this is, and I don't have a, I don't have all the information to answer you. Hopefully, we'll get some of that today when Brian Cashman you know comes out from under, uh, but. The um, you know, Luis Severino started throwing yesterday. He's been down for about two and a half weeks with a lat issue. Now they put him on the sixty-day IL yesterday as one of these, you know, juggling roster moves, and that surprised me a bit because I mean, you figure, okay, he's if he's just throwing, he's probably still you know bare minimum, you know, three to four weeks away, I would think. But you've extended that out to mid-September now based on just just the bookkeeping of putting him on the 60. So I don't know if that indicated any sort of, you know, more uh, uncertainty with him or if they figured they add a pitcher, they can buy an extra couple of weeks for Severino, manage innings that way. Maybe they send him, you know, a minor league rehab and, you know, control some innings because that is a concern. So it's not, maybe that's more what they're thinking, but it, it raised a little bit of a red flag. So, I mean, they need Montas. You know, they need him to jump in there and um, and just you know be a durable starter for them. So, um, I think as you get closer to mid to late September, and you know this division lead hasn't shrunk and they're you know clinching or close to clinching, I think you can afford to dial back some guys on innings. But I I would be shocked if they did anything except you know kind of ride him here for the next month and a half. I was intrigued by the Lou Trevino acquisition. He's a name that we'd kind of heard linked with the J. And, and frankly, Trevino and Montas, I think for a lot of teams, were, were put linked in a package. Uh, the, the, the bullpen has been, you know, I don't have to tell you, I mean, it's been shredded by injuries. It's still pretty good. Clay Holmes is still, is, is still a guy. How do you think, Sweeney, do you think that we will see the Yankees add another arm? today I, I and and I always think that Blair okay Go ahead. we have a second part no Go I was ahead. just gonna say what what will this bullpen look like in September um yeah, I'm thinking particularly Chapman what he might 
where he might be. Yeah, he's he's kind of a wild card for me because I mean, if you look at what they're bringing him into, it's hard to gauge how they view him right now because I think they want to bring him into lower leverage situations, but they're playing a lot of close games, so it's really hard to find low leverage situations. Uh, yesterday they brought him in a game with a four-run lead. Um, so I think that that's probably you know kind of the borderline for what you're using him in right now. Um, yeah, I, I he, you guys remember how awesome Dellen Batansis was, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dellen Batansis struggled in the second half of the 2017 season and never really quite got it going. But we knew what his history was and how good he was and how important he was. And when the playoffs began, I said, you know, let's let's. Well, I think he is. He's a guy, he's kind of an X factor here because if he finally reels it in and turns it around, man, he is going to be such a weapon out of that pen for the Yankees. Well, in the, as they made that run in the playoffs in 2017 through the Cleveland series and then onto the seven-game ALCS, Dellen Batances was you know, glued to that bullpen. He was, not, he was not used in any important situations. They determined, based off of his second half, that he was not going to be an effective player for them. And... Uh, and, and didn't bring him into the spots you would think a player of his caliber, a pitcher of his importance, would occupy in playoff baseball. That was a signal to me that, you know, they when they make up their mind on somebody, they're not probably not going to go back. Like, right. I don't think a role as Chapman is an important piece of the bullpen going forward. You know, he's going to, you know, if he's on this roster moving forward, you'll see him come into games, but, you know, you get to October, I think he's getting the Dylan Batanzas treatment, you know? And um, it, it's it's part of the same reason that people were like I, when people worried that Joey Gallo was still here and he was they were worried that they're going to run him out there in October. Like Jacoby Ellsbury did the same thing. Like he he was healthy finally in 2017, put together a really good month in September. But playoffs started, the Yankees didn't trust him and didn't play him. So I, I feel like Chapman's in that boat. So you're I think you're always looking for pitchers. Here's an interesting thing. I want to see how this shakes out when the players get here, what moves they make. Because Ron Marinaccio has been one of the of the guys that they've uncovered this year and has been a very strong reliever for them. He gave up a run the other day. It's the first run he's given up since May. He had a 19-inning scoreless streak, I think. That's an awesome changeup, and, uh, and he's been amazing for them. But he has, you know, he's a rookie and has minor league options. And as they add in Efros and Trebino and other roster, you have the ability here to probably send him down for the next month, you know, because you can obviously bring him back up in September and maybe control some innings that way and, um, and have him ready for And then you can kind of pick and choose who you need for October. It wouldn't be great for Marinaccio just because, you know, you've been in the big leagues and having success, but I think that's the way to kind of manage the roster and who knows who else they bring in Uh, guys. I probably told you this before, but if, I mean, you see, you talked about Clay Holmes, you know Michael King, who's done, who's you know unfortunately uh, injured and done for the year. Um, you've got guys. You know, Wandy Peralta has been really good for them. Uh, they keep finding these relievers, right? Mm. And they tr- they get them from other teams. You know, Chad Green was a, was a, right. an important one. Um, if I if I'm another team and Brian Cashman is calling me asking me about a relief pitcher that maybe isn't having a good year, I'm, I'm wondering like you know what is what do they know that I don't? <laughs> what why are they inquiring here and what are they going to turn them into uh, that's going to scare me? Um, 
you know, Clay Holmes is an all-star this year. He had, I don't yeah. even know, he had five ERA or something with Pittsburgh last year or whatever. But, um, and he struggled a little bit too, so that's why some of this bullpen stuff is in question. You're trying to, you're trying to acquire as many high-end relievers as you can. You've got guys who, you know, Trevino's a guy who has closing experience. So I think, you know, this is stuff that uh, they like to do. They like to get as many of these back-end guys as they can and have some options to play with. So that's a really long way of telling me, yeah, I think they're going to add a pitcher. Maybe. <laughs> Do you think Cashman is okay with the everyday infielders? I think when you are a good team, Kevin, mm-hmm. you you want to be great. Sure. So you have to look at every possible option here. And I think that, you know, the fact that the Yankees have DJ LeMahieu here, I think really – opens up some options for them as what they could entertain. You know, the left side of the infield this year has been transformed defensively. It was mm-hmm. not a very, you know, they, they moved Glaber Torres over to second. They brought a nice A kind of Josh Donaldson hasn't really hit. And I mean, I know how closely you guys follow him and what he's doing. He hasn't really taken off hitting, but he's been tremendous defensively, but he's also been paired with DJ LeMahieu there at third base. We kind of split time over there. So, um, you know, Donaldson makes a lot of money this year and next. And uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has made some some weird errors in spots. And he doesn't have any power, but he is like kind of a contact guy and a speed guy and brings a little bit of a different element at the bottom of the order. But that certainly helps this team. But if I'm looking at this team and say, I want to win a World Series, are these areas I can get better at? You know, Aaron Hicks has, has played okay, but – is okay good enough trying to win a world series here what's my best you know how do i do this now some of the salaries attached here are are part of the problem but i'm i'm, I'm trying to find ways to this is why like brian cashman in the next uh, you know seven hours here and as creative as he gets sometimes that's that's kind of why i'm on edge and wondering mm-hmm. okay what is he going to do because you know they 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 know that they've been you know there, there are sixth graders here who've never seen the Yankees win a World Series championship in their lifetime. It's been a pretty long time, fellas. Um, I, I feel it as a joke. I feel like um, I know <laughs> uh, he's always moving towards trying to figure out, okay, when you know how to get this team from good to great. And I think you have to open up all those options. So while they're while they're going to tell you if they you know at six o'clock tonight, if Josh Donaldson is any kind of fluff or still your left side of the infield. They're going to tell you we uh, we're we're fine there. I think internally they have to kind of wonder: Can we get better there? Is it possible? And how does that work? I know that Connor Falefa's errors don't bother them as much uh, because they like his range and they see that as a bigger plus than the occasional bobble or weird throw. But you know he and his errors at shortstop aren't outrageous a number compared to other shortstops around the league. It's just the kind of position that obviously you guys know uh, leads to uh, a, a certain number of errors sometimes. But if, if I'm looking at how to, how to make this team better, I'm going to look at it, you know? Mm-hmm. Sweeney, really good of you to join us, man. Thanks so much. Great stuff. Yeah, I hope that makes some sense to you. I'm yeah. just oh, oh, it always does, Great man. Job. Thanks, dude. See you, fellas. Be well. Bye-bye. Sweeney Murdy of WFAN checking in on the Yankees. And I, I'm a Sweeney. I I. Beside Joey Gallo, I, I think Brian Cashman's probably going to add another arm to that bullpen. 
You know, and if what I'd be doing right now, if I'd be going online and I'd be trying to find out which available reliever has had success against the Houston Astros. <laughs> I'm sure they know that already. I'm sure they do. But I'm but I'm saying if you if you if you if you're a Yankees fan and you want to play around with potential trade possibilities, that's that's where I would go. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles have uh, made another deal today. They have traded their closer Jorge Lopez to the Minnesota Twins for four minor league pitchers. Uh, and well, as I said a couple of days ago, there are two teams I'm really watching at the trade deadline. Obviously, the Blue Jays because you get paid to do that, but also the Baltimore Orioles because for Toronto, the road to the postseason goes through Baltimore. They've got 15 games left against the Orioles. You'd kind of like to know what you're going to be facing and. The Orioles traded Trey Mancini yesterday. They've traded Jorge Lopez today. Uh, Rock Kobatko covers the Orioles for the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, and he joins us on Blair and Barker. Rock, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself today. Uh, I'm going to get that right away because I'm sure you're going to have a busy day. So <laughs> I, I get the Mancini deal. I don't know about the Lopez deal, only in that it... it, it well, it, I, I don't know if it's counterintuitive. I, I just... I thought the the Orioles may want to hang on to to some of those relievers right now, unless they got a horrible overpay. And you know, just looking at the players they got in return from the Twins, it doesn't scream overpay. No, I mean it's four more pitching, I guess, prospects or four more arms that they clearly like for the talent pipeline, and that is the the phrase that is often tossed around here. I, I'm not shocked by it because strangely, the bullpen has become a, an area of strength on this club. And that has not been the case for, well, since the rebuild started. We're a long way removed from Zach Britton, Darren O'Day, you know, those days. But it has been unexpectedly good. They've been getting a lot of calls. So I thought there certainly was a chance that they were going to go ahead and deal from what has become a strength of theirs. And, you know, Lopez, is, uh, you know, this was is a career year that he's having. The question would be, can he repeat it? You know how volatile, volatile bullpens are in baseball and that's why a guy has a great year and immediately teams are looking to move him because it's hard to know whether they're going to be able to repeat that or not and they were able to get back four arms so in that regard it makes sense what's just so curious about this this is a different trade deadline than i've ever seen covering this team i've been covering it since the mid-90s they're two and a half back for the last wild card spot but they're still sellers right now and i know Mm -hmm. fans are really upset about it. they traded mancini yesterday now lopez two of the more really important players on this team, Lopez, 19 saves and the sub two ERA and, you know, big strikeout guy. And, uh, but they, you know, they still are looking at the odds of making the postseason. Don't think they're great. And they're kind of still staying in that mindset of we're we're building for the future. And now they think the near future, they think by next year, they could really be ready to contend. So they're still making these moves, but I can't stress this enough. They're only two and a half back for the last wild card. Right. They're above 500. They're playing really well. So it's a hard sell, I know, for the fan base. And these are two big subtractions for this clubhouse. And now you've got the manager, Brandon Hyde, still walking into that clubhouse every day saying, guys, winning still matters. You know, don't let up. They played really well last night. They won 7-2 over the Rangers. They Mm -hmm. jumped out to the quick lead. They were not sulking. But now they're going to show up today and say, oh, now our closer's gone too. And, And what's next? We still have quite a few hours left before the deadline. Uh, well, I was just about to ask you that. Is there any other name, intriguing name, you could see go? Yeah, I mean, Anthony Santander, 
uh, certainly would be one. Um, you know, he's, he's leading the team in, in home runs and with 19, and he's been a trade chip for, seems like, years now, but he was been hurt, and his production really dipped last year. And now he's healthy and really productive, so I think that's the guy. Um, there could still be more relievers to go, or at least maybe one more. Um, you've got Jordan Lyles, who's supposed to start tonight, uh, and as far as we know, is still going to start. He's a veteran innings eater who's going to interest some teams, I know. So I think I don't think they're necessarily done yet. They're not going to give guys away, but you know I, they're still making calls, and, and I think there's still a possibility that a, another piece or two could go here. And again, guys who are, are have been pretty important to them. Rock, do you think that would, would they would they be precluded, or would would Mike Elias be less inclined to trade within the division? Or at this point, does it not matter? No, I don't think it matters. And I, I'd wondered about that before, but I think if you can get something back that he really likes, he'll do it. And he has in the past that he hasn't traded with the Yankees, but he's traded with other teams. Right. So maybe to a lesser degree, and you know, Andrew Kashner of the Red Sox, for example. And I don't know if Sean Armstrong to the Rays really counts, but you know, they have done that. So I think he would. He would. And I, and I was wondering about the Yankees because you know they they need bullpen help and they haven't been addressing that now. But I, I'm thinking, well, I assume Lopez or Dylan Tate, someone like that would appeal to them. And I think, again, in the right offer, he would go ahead and do that. What about Cedric Mullins? Because he's a guy that I've always wondered about. It's a good name. Especially here, given the fact that George Springer's status, is, his everyday status, is probably going to be uncertain for the rest of the year. I know that the Jays have looked at relief arms as well. But a guy like Cedric Mullins, would they retain him? Or do you think they would look at moving him? I think they'd absolutely look at moving him as well. And again, it'd have to be the you know, the right deal, right. And, you know, the right offer. But I think they would. I don't think he's untouchable. And, you know, they're, they're pretty deep in outfielders and their system right now. Plus for now, they've got a guy like Austin Hayes that you can move to center field and Mullins, you know, coming off that first 30, 30 season for them. Uh, and it's been really hot again lately. And he's a plus defender in that center field. I think if they, they got the right offer, they would go ahead and move him. I don't think there's really anybody untouchable. I mean, it would take probably the moon to pry Adley Rutschman away. But otherwise, there really isn't anybody who's completely off the table. So, again, the right deal, they would move him because they would feel like, well, then they could go ahead and, and move some other guys around. And they've got, you know, Colton Kowser, first-round pick in the system, Heston Kierstad, first-rounder in the system, Kyle Stowers, who, you know, if you move a Santander, for example, we'd probably see him come up and be playing corner outfield. He can play center. They've, they've got outfield depth, and they could go ahead and cover for him. Do you have any idea what the go year is for the Orioles? All in. Yeah. Well, what's their version of all in? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, I feel like, you know, they're looking really at, at next season to take that up. I think it's the next big step. And then after that, you know, anything goes. Now, they're, I don't think they're ever going to be big spenders, but they've always talked about that, you know, the, the payroll will increase as they get closer to contention. And they are going to reach a point where, because of the depth that they're building, and you know, look at the, the young infielders, middle infield, for example, that they can start going ahead and, and dealing from that strength, you know, move a couple prospects in order to bring in some bigger name guys, the bigger pieces, whether it's a veteran starting pitcher or someone else, which has been the plan all along. And Andy McPhail wanted to do that way back. He was just he never had the farm system to do it, but it's always been about stockpiling talent that can either help your club or be moved to another one. And they're finally reaching that point where they're probably going to be able to start doing that. So I, I think they expect to take a big step next season. And in the meantime, it's just been that really weird development that they were not necessarily expecting to contend this year. And here they are doing it while they're still breaking down the team. 
Brock, really good of you to join us today, man. Thanks so much. We'll be uh, talking to you and seeing a great deal of you in the next uh, the next couple of weeks, I imagine. Be well. Thanks a lot. All right. You too. Thanks. Take care. That's Rock Abatka, covers the Orioles for uh, Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, Mass. And while we were talking to Rock, uh, John Paul Morosi, who will be part of our trade deadline coverage all day long on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590, the fan, just reporting that the Washington Nationals have called up, quote, multiple minor leaguers for today's game, which would indicate that uh, that uh, he gone. Are, he gone. <laughs> there are going to be some there are going to be some some moves made today and um, uh, may not just be it may be a little little wider than uh, than originally anticipated. So uh, and as a matter of fact, Bob Nightingale, 18 seconds ago, the San Diego Padres are getting close to landing Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals. The deal is not yet finalized. Reporting that because Bob uh, has got really good sources with the Padres organization. So it does appear as if Juan Soto will be on the move. It does appear, and this is all, something could happen. I mean, sure. last year we were saying Max Scherzer's going to look good in a Padres uniform, and boom, in came the Dodgers and mm-hmm. said, nah, not so quickly. But it does appear right now, at least, as if the San Diego Padres are really in the driver's seat for Juan Soto. And, I mean, I guess if you're a Jays fan, the good news is he ain't coming to the American League. I guess. I guess. I guess that's the way. That's probably the way you're going to look at it. I mean, at least for a couple of years, he's for not coming to the years. American League East. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, look, I think for baseball, don't look at it for a division. Look for it as, for baseball, if you're a baseball fan, it's a good thing. That, that, the, that the Dodgers are, aren't getting everybody. That's a good thing for me. I don't know, man. If you're a baseball fan, I think the idea of Juan Soto staying with the Washington Nationals would be uh would be would be perfect. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not for me. Yeah. Who who wants to watch the Nats play? <laughs> not me. Yeah. I'd watch the Padres. Yeah. I don't know. I always think it's better when your name players are in the East Coast. It's just easier for time zones. Easier for old farts like me to watch uh, the play. There it is. There it is. I don't want to stand in you bad reason. No, well, come on. I mean, you know, at some point it's all about me. Not everybody's an old fart. At some point it's all about me. Yeah, <laughs> it I, is. I, it That's is. all the time. It is. At, at some point it just is. Uh, the Jays will play a baseball game today. No. Whether or not Ross Atkins makes a trade in the next six and a half hours, they will take on the Tampa Bay Rays. First pitches at 7.07 on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. Brian Anderson, Rays analyst, will join us. The Rays, well, they've got Jose Siri. There's some talk that they may be moving G-Man Choi. Interesting little nugget moved a couple of minutes ago saying that the Rays might be in on Wilson Contreras. I mean, the Rays have just an awful... uh, situation with injuries this year from yep. their catchers. Mike Zanino's done. Francisco Mejia's got a shoulder injury. Wouldn't surprise me to see the Rays end up with uh with another uh with another catcher. And, and raising the question how many catchers does an organization actually need? But it wouldn't just it would be a raise thing. It would be a raise thing to uh to do. Let's just put it that way. It would be a raise thing to get Wilson Contreras to get better and then have Wilson Contreras Homer to beat the Blue Jays tonight. That would be a race thing to do. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. 
Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Ailish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ross Atkins. <laughs> Ross Atkins, you're wanted on line one. Paging Ross Atkins. Mr. Ross Atkins. Hands down, the funniest you've ever been is today. No, Hands no, down, no, the I'm not, I, I have not been. reached Derek Fisher levels. Well, that's that's funny looking. You think it, you wait, talking wait funny tomorrow if this thing keeps going. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you're not. I am kidding. There's six and a half hours left. Uh, There's six and a half hours left. Plenty of time. Sort of being the voice of the oh, you are fan. You know, like oh, let's go. Come on, everybody Uh, else is doing something. Yeah, do something more. Everybody else is doing something. Everybody else, even the O's. Do something more than give me (laughs) another another poosling and reliever or a sore arm pitcher that's going to be life and death to hit. 92 or 93. Oh, Petey can fix that. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, oh yeah. Danny Jansen's so good at his setup. Petey can. Petey oh. would just once. I, I'm sure Pete Walker would just once like to get out of bed, look at his rotation and go, ah, a bunch of guys I don't have to do anything with today. Yeah, good luck. I don't. I don't have to, like, worry about whether or not the one guy is you know, terrified to throw his fastball, whether or not the other guy's got his figure out his mechanics. Yeah. Just, you know, wake up and go, yep, he's pitching. It's never that easy. I know it's never that easy. He can fix everybody. Yes, he can. Uh, The Tampa Bay Rays and the Jays open a brief two-game series. What can go wrong? What can go wrong? (laughs) It's a trade deadline. It's a trade deadline at the top. Are you kidding me? Yeah, what can go wrong? Trade deadline at the top, at the, at the trop. I mean, like the, the the sum total of your worst nightmares if you're a Blue Jays fan. This just screams somebody getting injured after the trade deadline. It really does. Anyhow, let's uh, bring in Brian Anderson, Rays TV analyst. Uh, We're having a little bit of fun, Brian, because, uh, you know, our general manager hasn't That's done anything yet. Nothing. We expect that he will. <laughs> Zero. We expect that he will. Uh, my concern, though, is that, you know, I Jose Siri is going to go. Yeah, he's going to go three four, for three. He's going to go three for bases. three tonight with two stolen bases, make a game-saving catch, and I don't even know whatever the hell the name of that guy is they got from the Dodgers. He's going to come in and shut the door at some point in the ninth inning <laughs> because it's. Is that was that Clevenger? I guess Garrett so. Clevenger? What, doesn't even matter what his name is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is he, is he even a pitcher? Is he even a he pitcher? Pitches. He a... pitches. That's all that matters. <laughs> all kidding aside, guys, I am. Go ahead. I'm blown away by your no. I'm just blown away by your pessimism. <laughs> I, I, I would love to have, have listened to the entire show up to this point. Oh uh, no, we're not. You guys are on quite a roll. We are we're not pessimistic. We're not pessimistic. We are well aware that uh, you know one of the things about Ross Atkins, he will trade prospects. He will take chances. We're well aware of that. Uh, but TikTok, it's just that TikTok. It's just that when anything involving the Rays, we break out in a cold sweat. You know, it, it's uh, you, you just know. Like, I'm, I'm convinced that if you're a Jays fan, you die, you get to heaven. You know who's going to be greeting with the door? <laughs> Kevin it's, Cash. He's going to be Kevin Cash. <laughs> and he's just going to say, nah, yeah, yeah. You got no room here. You got no room here. Uh, anyhow, what are you expecting from the, the Rays today in terms of moves? Are you expecting more moves? 
You know, I, I know that they're in on, on some other guys. I, I would think that the Rays at this point probably looking to potentially upgrade the bullpen, and I think that's what every team going into with you know October aspirations to, to play in the postseason, I think they all look to upgrade the bullpen because you realize once you get into postseason baseball just how important that aspect of your team is. And if you do not have a strong bullpen – uh, you know, with a lot of different options for your manager, you are not going to be able to make it through the gauntlet that is the Major League Baseball postseason. Uh, so I think every team is looking at that. I also think that the Rays may be looking uh, at catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they're in on Wilson Contreras. That's an awfully big fish, but they are definitely looking at that position because when you think about it, going back to opening day, Mike Zanino, done for the season, Francisco Mejia, and although he may be coming back soon, He's on the IL right now with uh, with a bad shoulder. So they have basically their their you know they went and cr- traded for Christian Bethencourt to to work behind the plate along with Renee Pinto. But that may be another position that uh, that they might look to upgrade. Ba, how how do they do it? Just like, explain this to me. Every time you watch the Rays, it's something's wrong. Like they're hurt. Their defense is not good. They run into outs. Offensively, they're not any good. They're in the third wild card. Tell me how they do it. Right. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I sometimes I wonder, but yeah. but I will tell you, it, th- th- this year it's the pitching. You know, the, the pitching has kept them afloat because everything that you have mentioned is absolutely true. You know, they 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 talk about outs on the base pass. Well, the Rays lead Major League Baseball in outs on the base pass, and it's not even close. The interesting thing about that stat, it does not take into account caught stealings or pickoffs. And then when you factor in caught stealings and pickoffs, the Rays lead Major League Baseball by a huge margin. So they give up tons of outs on the bases. The defense hasn't always been very Rays-like. You know, the offense is down a run and a quarter from where it was per game from a season ago. So the offense has been very, very inconsistent, but they've pitched well. Even amidst all of the injuries, they have pitched well. The starters have done an outstanding job. And even though Kevin Cash has had to work with a piecemeal bullpen, he's been able to find the outs when he's needed them to keep the Rays relevant. I, you know, I think one of the microcosms of the Rays season is what do you talk about with all these different teams um, you know, going into a season? You've got to be strong up the middle. Got to have a strong pitching staff. And you've got to be good at catcher, your middle infield positions, shortstop, second base, and center field. And when you look at the Rays right now, you've got behind the plate, Zanino, Mejia, out. So your catchers, your top two catchers are out. Your shortstop, Wander Franco, out. Second baseman, Brandon Lau, they just did get him back. That's a plus. Now let's go to center field. Kevin Kiermeyer, then to the season. His replacement, or not even really a replacement, but the guy that they moved from right field to center when he's not out there, Manuel Margot, he's out. So you talk about up the middle, it's been absolutely decimated, and yet they've been able to hang around. Why? Because of that position right in the middle of the field, and that's the pitching staff. Give give me one of those names that you just mentioned that they have to get back to make a serious run at this. One name. I think you – yeah, you know what? Ah, boy, that's tough. It's tough to not say – Wander Franco, mm-hmm. but I think right there, neck and neck with him, you actually, there's two other names, and they are actually due to come back. Manuel Margot, Harold Ramirez. 
Manuel Margot is going to be huge for this team as they've tried to remake their outfield. He's going to be huge, but also Wander Franco, your, your wonderkin prospect and what he's capable of doing. And then don't sleep on Harold Ramirez. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that you asked for one and I'm giving you a three, no, okay. but these guys have been, they've been so important. And Harold Ramirez, the Rays said that they liked his, his hit tool when they brought him in this season. I don't even think they could have imagined what he's been able to accomplish. He has been so good at the plate and so consistent all season long. So they get those three guys back and make an addition here or there. You're talking about a completely different animal come end of August, early September. You're going to have a completely new team. You're going to have a very good team, and they're going to be fresh and ready to go for the stretch run. So I think that everybody around the the Tampa Bay Ray organization is very optimistic if those things happen and and they're all in line to come back. Now, Wander Franco may be late. He may be deeper into September, but certainly Margot, Harold Ramirez, and a couple more bullpen pieces, and you can be looking at some kind of team come September. Yeah, I'm also wondering, David Peralta, I mean, that acquisition, first of all, it's a guy that we know the Jays are interested in, but as you were talking, Brian, and and I I was just imagining if the Rays get into the playoffs, they're going to have a lot of really good decisions to make on that roster. And you know what? If, if, if you get some of those guys back healthy, I'm looking at that lineup and in terms of balance, in terms of different skill sets, in terms of where I am defensively, it really does profile like a really, it, it profiles like a team that could do some damage in the postseason, doesn't it? No question about it. And I thought that with the raise injury issues and injury issues to key personnel, not only out of the bullpen, but as we mentioned, Margot, Ramirez, and Franco. When they went out and they made the deal for David Peralta, that is a bigger type move for the Ray organization. You know, they don't go out. I mean, they, they did go get Nelson Cruz uh, a couple of seasons ago, and so that was maybe one of the biggest acquisitions they've ever done at the trade deadline. But David Peralta is a big acquisition for the Rays, and what it told me, and I think what it told people who are paying attention is, you know what? We know we've been floundering the last few months, but we've also been really hit hard with the injury bug, and we know that these guys are coming back. They are due to come back mid to late August into early September, and when they come back and then you fit in, as you mentioned, a David Peralta as far as a left-handed hitting outfielder that can you know, put the ball in the seats, you're all of a sudden going to have a really strong, fresh team for the stretch run and for the postseason, And I think that that is something that they are counting on. And that's what that move told me is that they expect it to happen. And if that's the case, they will be very dangerous. Brian, we're going to let you run really good of you to do this today, man. Thanks so much. Should be an interesting six and a half hours or so. Have fun. Thanks a lot. Yep, absolutely. Hey, fellas, thanks for having me as always. Take care, man. That's Brian Anderson, Rays analyst, one of our favorites. Rays and Jays, 707, first pitch tonight. So, how many new players will the Jays have? Will they have any new players? Yeah, of course they will, Jeff. Give yourself a slap in the face. Ross is going to add some pitching. You know he's going to add some pitching. John Paul Morosi just John Paul Morosi just uh, reporting uh, a couple of minutes ago that the Padres-Juan Soto deal is, quote, believed to be nearing the final stages. It is expected to include Josh Bell. And uh, You know what that say, means? 
as we said. Here it, comes the Dodgers. Here comes the Dodgers. <laughs> that means. Yes. Andrew Friedman. Oh, no doubt. Andrew Friedman's just getting up. It's 844. <laughs> LA's going, oh, what are we yeah. going to do today? No. Oh, I got to go screw the Padres. <laughs> let's, uh, let's pick up the phone. Yeah. Mike Rizzo, how are you, man? Listen, pick nine guys off our team and yeah. give us. what they give you? Pick nine guy. Pick yeah. Dustin May and pick uh, Gavin Lux. And I mean, I'm feeling I'm feeling good today. You know, pick pick another guy off the team and uh, just give me Juan Soto and uh, talk to my, you know, let let the owners figure it out. Um, because that's what happened with Max Scherzer. But there does it does seem right now as if uh, the Padres, uh, the Padres and uh, and Nationals are moving close to this deal. You know, I was thinking about this. Washington Nationals, of course, it used to be the Montreal Expos. I can remember when the Montreal Expos traded Pedro Martinez for Tony Armas Jr. and Carl Pavano. A different, obviously, different, different situation here. But Pedro had won the Cy Young Award then; he was still, still in his prime. Uh, this is John Paul Morosi. The Nationals are set to receive C.J. Abrams. Robert Hassel the third, Robert Hassel the second. No, they're set to receive C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel the third, James Wood, Jarlin Susanna for Juan Soto and Josh Bell, and then Jim Bowden right away saying, "No, the deal's not done," according to sources. So there you go. Told you. <clears throat> so there you go. But uh, that's a a a pretty good that's a pretty good haul. That's a pretty good haul. Don't do the deal until you talk to us first, <laughs> or last. Uh, hey, you know what time it is? It's time for Barker's Backleg Bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know? The umpires would throw the balls out like, hey, Barker's up. Bring yeah. in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones. Tick, 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 Ross Atkins. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Let's hope so. Uh, Barker's Backleg Bits is the time of the show where we take your questions for Kevin Barker. And uh, I provide simultaneous translation. Cheryl Fullerton, love the show, guys. Cheryl, thank you very much. Thank I know you. you're a, a longtime listener and uh, frequent uh, frequent Twitter follower, et cetera, et cetera. If Ross only goes the rental route or fails to address the Jays in the meaningful way, we've all known they need relief arms with Velo for months. That's a great point, Cheryl. That's one thing I want to point out. This is It's not like the bullpen issues just surfaced nope. today, yesterday. What will it say to the guys in the team? How is it going to play inside the clubhouse as they try to go out and get that first wild card spot? Thinking back to 2014, that wasn't a happy time, Cheryl. Thanks for the question. 2014, Alex didn't do anything. Casey Jansen came out and ripped the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex has said, hey, I learned from that. Uh, I learned from that. Look, Six o'clock is a trade deadline. I think we will be stunned if Ross Atkins doesn't bring in, if he doesn't bring in more pitching. But Kevin. To answer the question, yeah. listen to the Red Sox talk about Vasquez going to Houston. They didn't like it. It'll be worse here. There, there's guys in the clubhouse, including coaches, who expect oh, there were, some things to happen that matter that they can make a serious run at this. Oh, there will be some stuff thrown against the wall no in the clubhouse if uh, no question if, if Ross doesn't if Ross doesn't make you a move fired your it. manager. They've made a run at this. They're in the first wild card. They, there's a little separation here. They want there to be more separation. There's no question. <laughs> yeah, you, you know there'd be there'll be words that we can't say on this radio. In that yeah. clubhouse. Again, I said, I, I honestly do believe that uh, 
that uh, Ross will make a deal. Jim McCullough. Now, this isn't a major acquisition at the trade deadline, but Jim, you and I are on the same page. Could the Jays pick up Brett Phillips? He's been designated for assignment by Tampa. Uh, really? Yeah, whatever. To do what? Cheerlead? Be Brett Phillips. Cheerlead? Sure. Throw balls to fans? Throw balls. I'll give me a break. Uh, Twitter is a sewer. <laughs> boy, oh boy. That's my favorite <laughs> Twitter handle. <laughs> Wait, that's his handle? <laughs> Twitter is a sewer. <laughs> that's awesome. Cindergarten, an okay reliever, wouldn't be a winning day to me. Nope. That's from Ryan and Victoria. Me either. Uh, what does Noah add that you don't already have? Well, you he, have Noah. Well, he isn't, you say, Kikuchi. He, He's a guy, when you hand the ball to him, you don't know what you're going to get. You have too many of those. Well, he, you don't need another one. Yeah, that's well, I'm, what, I'm that's saying, what he is. No, no, no. I'm saying it wouldn't be my first choice, but I'm, here's the thing. He wouldn't be my Here, last here's choice. Here's the thing. I'd if, rather do nothing. If, I'm just telling you. If they do Syndergaard and, let's say, Razel Iglesias or something like that. Oh, that's different. Well, that, you you didn't throw that in there. No, but I'm saying Razel Iglesias, uh, there's, uh, that's a, it's a lot of risk you're taking on. That's a, that's a lot of money. Um, no, I listen, for, further story, Jim, to your point, and I, would it make the Jays better? Yes. Would it make the Jays good enough? No. That's the way I would look at it. That's the way I would look at it. That, but let's face I'm not, it, I'm not bringing in another arm here, it's not hard to make this pitching better right now. Like, we're not talking about rocket science to make that bullpen better. I mean, we just aren't. No, it's and, not going to pitch the and, bullpen. And this though. is what Cheryl's talked about. Last year, Ross moved early to get Richards and Simber in, and it worked. It made the bullpen better. I've been on this bandwagon for a while. There should have been a deal made for the bullpen already. We shouldn't be sitting here at the trade deadline looking at the same bullpen that we had two months ago. That's my, that's my take on it. That's my take on mm. it. Uh, Ruben, why is no one talking about Juan Soto's underwhelming numbers this year for his standards? At least Ruben, he's 23 years old. What were you doing when you were 23? I was trying How's to figure out Getting new ways to roll singing. a spliff. Not me. And drinking. I, I was not was. doing anything productive at 23. Bug, back leg city. That's yeah. what I was doing. I was doing a different type of back leg city when I was 23. So he's 23 years old. That's why. He plays on a bad team who can – other teams who are trying to win can pitch around him. That's – that's 23 is just not enough. Only fans. Buster Only fans. How many followers is this guy? Eh, I'm not even got zero followers. I'm not going to bother reading. Um, that's really kind of an arrogant thing to say. You are it? rude. Today. I am rude. I don't uh, think you care today, do you? All right, here we go. Barker's back leg bits for both of you. Love the show. I listen every day in my FedEx awesome. truck. A working man. I love it. What? Read the bottom part. Padres and Nationals have agreed in principle on a Juan Soto trade with Josh Bell also going to San Diego. That's from John Paul Morosi, who will be part of our no question. Sportsnet uh, so if it's trade wrong, deadline. Yell at him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I cannot understand why the Jays aren't one of the front runners to land Soto. We need a lefty bat. He's the best uh, in baseball. You can trade him in a couple of years and reacquire top hide the prospects. Fact that they don't have a bullpen. Uh, to, well, let me figure. He's going a package of Bo Moreno and Orelvis Martinez wouldn't get it done. Explain it to me. Uh, I don't think it would. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I let's see what, given what the Padres appear to be giving up for. Uh, for Juan Soto, that deal doesn't get it done. I don't that think. I don't think right done. now they're okay giving up Bo. 
Tim Tackle Espinel playing shortstop every day, and Kevin Biggio playing second. That's not championship baseball for me. You know, I know what people think about Bo defensively and offensively, but right now he's your shortstop. Oh, boy. Jim Bowden, the Washington Nationals are getting Mackenzie Gore, too. That's from Jim Bowden. So let, let's not, I mean, that, if that's the case, that Mackenzie Gore is part of that deal. Sure. And again, Bowden's track record's pretty good. It's not Morosi-esque, but it's he's got he used to be the Nationals GM for God's sake. I'm sure he's still probably got some sources. But uh, if that's the case, that's a, that's a, that's that's a pretty good pretty good return for uh, the Washington Nationals, and I'm not certain the Jays can match that. You know, Bark, you made a point early in the show, and, and I think it's right. Yeah, you can sit here and talk about how good the Jays minor league system is, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. What this indicates to me, it, it seems to indicate that the Jays minor league system probably isn't as deep as we thought it was. Because there's it, no question that's true. No, no question. And that doesn't mean that those, and, and it may also mean, if you look at that minor league system, it may also mean that there are a bunch of guys, they got guys who are 19 to 20 years old there. They've got guys who are still three or four who years away. Far, and maybe, if you're, away. Yeah, and maybe mm-hmm. if you're the Washington Nationals, you're going, we don't mind getting guys who are two years away, three or four years. You know, I mean, I may, I, I may not be general manager by then if I'm Mike Rizzo. So it's when, when you look at the trade deadline, at the end of the trade deadline, you, you have to keep all of this, all of this in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in context. Uh, all right. That is it for us. We got a minute left in the show. Ross Atkins, you know what to do. I know you're sitting on something, Ross. I know you're sitting. Fingers crossed. Fingers Fingers crossed. Don't go anywhere. We'll have you covered all day long on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet.ca, and Sportsnet Television Network. Trade trade deadline is 6 p.m. Eastern. You'll probably be seeing me at some point on the drive show or something like that as well. But again, stick with Sportsnet. We'll have all the news first. There's the deal. Gore, Hassel, Abrams, Wood. Susanna and one more major league player, according to Jeff Passan, going to Washington for Juan Soto and Josh Bell. There you go. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk tonight, and we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great trade deadline, Ross. Go get him!